Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Let's catch Woo. a killer. Woo. Let's catch a cold first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to catch a cold. Yeah, but I think somebody did. I mean, we did dunk ourselves in the river, so a cold might not be far behind. We are back once again. Just a quick reminder, I am Rick Sandage. I am your host and Game Master. I'm joined by Jessica Jenkins Hello. playing Adria, Jordan Jenkins playing Lucia, Hello. Heather Ellen playing Cesare, Rachel dun. Sandage playing Vittoria, and Ross Scoggin playing Nicolo. Yo. He knows all of our names, guys. I do. I it only special. took him 10 episodes. I could probably last name. <laughs> three years. All of your characters, but. <laughs> yeah, but you probably have it written down somewhere. I can do all of Rick's. Rick is Game Master, Game Master, Game Master. <laughs> I'm Rick Sandage. I play uh, Rexus Victicora and uh, Laria Longroad, poss mm -hmm. possibly both for this episode, at the very least for the scene. <laughs> so, yeah, when last we left our heroes, the. Silver Ravens. It's kind of nice that the book just gives you a party name. Mm. And it's not one of those like, what do we call ourselves? Yeah. I always appreciate it when you actually are just given one. Sometimes it's nice to have one develop organically. But it, I think that is very dependent upon the group itself. That's fair. So, yeah. When last we had left the Silver Ravens, the party had finished their exploration underneath the Long Roads Coffee House mm -hmm. in the abandoned smugglers' tunnels referred to as the Wasp's Nest. Here they had met up with the Fushi sisters who had been hiding down there and then went back upstairs to discuss with Laria and their compatriot Rexus Victicora, the last of the Victicora noble family, the rest of his family having been killed a week ago on the Night of Ashes. Or so he believes. You Technically, no bodies were ever found. You'd sat down and kind of had a long discussion about, hey, what are we going to do with our rebellion? How are we going to approach our rebellion? And uh, we got into the rebellion mechanics a bit there, where you yep. kind of touched yeah. on, here's what you can do, what you are going to be doing going forward as far as combining both your rebellion as well as you yourselves and uh, your own actions so that Basically, so that you don't need to be running around all vigilante style, stopping muggings on the street, and instead can focus on, I don't know, overthrowing a tyrannical dictatorship. You know, like you do. We are not going to be your friendly neighborhood silver ravens. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I had webbing and everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You'd finish this discussion, I believe, with a couple of ideas on where you were going. Uh, I think... Mm -hmm. You're prioritizing stopping the serial killer that's murdering Tiflings. I feel yes. like that should be a top priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. serial bad, killer. Yeah. Well, and nobody yeah. else is doing anything about it. Yeah, no one else will. Well, and also, uh, I can't remember the term that they usually use on shows where they talk about serial killers, but his cooling off period is only like two days or three yeah. days. That like, would be his yeah. cooling off period. His cooling, is that the proper term? <laughs> okay, I didn't know. Yeah, so... I was going to say, me and Heather will vouch for that. <laughs> now, I'm just, now I'm just imagining, like, you know, some, like, southern gentleman being like, I do declare it is it is so hot after this murder, man. I need a couple days just to just catch my breath. Oh, boy. <laughs> You'll have to pardon me. I'm going to need a mint julep in some time. I've got the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> See, this was going a different direction. Oh, well, I was like, gosh. oh, their alt is on a cooldown. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, sorry, it's uh, Among Us, where it's like, mm -hmm. no, I've got to cool down before I can murder again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> but we did leave off, however, with all of you getting up, getting ready to set off. I think your uh, initial plan was to go to. Uh, were you still planning on heading to Clinch Jaws? I think. Yeah, I believe you said we're going to go to the Devil's some. Nursery instead, and then save Clinch Jaws for like the following night, just because we want to be able to get as much information as we can fresh. And I needed mm. to go buy a stupid portrait of what's her face. However, you stood up at which point Lucia, uh, having steadily grown out. a little bit warmer and sweatier over the course of the uh, the hours Speaking long of discussion, had gotten up, felt uh, mm. got the vapors, uh, felt a little lightheaded as she stood up to her feet, in large part because Lucia is infected. Uh, with a disease that you happen to have contracted during your uh, your previous little exploit, and you have finally finished the four-hour onset on that. Woo! At which point, I am going to need a fortitude save from Lucia as we start back up the party arranged in the sitting room on the second floor of the Long Road's Coffee House. Can we treat wounds, Lucia? Or not treat wounds, what is it? Treat disease? It takes eight hours. <sighs> and you roll after the eight hours. Oof. Okay, so um, I that's my worst save. I rolled an 8 for a 13. Lucia, you stand up to your feet. Reach out, grab onto the edge of the chair that, uh, that Adrian had been sitting in. God, you don't feel good. You feel this, this kind of sweating, and as you stand there, you shift your weight, and this just shooting pain streams up your right leg. It's only shooting, really, whenever you apply too much pressure to it. Great. All the rest of you can see that she's slightly more pallid. I think Lucia was already... Already kind of pale, yeah. ...than veneer of sweat that covers her as she vacantly stares off for a moment until she can regain her, not necessarily even composure, but get that nausea level to come back down. Lucia. Oh, you're right. You don't look very good. Ah, uh, I... I feel bad. Maybe you should sit down. Might have been too much brandy. We had a little brandy earlier. I don't know if we're going to be able to go hunt a serial killer if you're feeling this bad. Lucia will, like, sit down, like, collapse into a chair and, like, start pulling at her uh, pants to, like, where the shooting pain is to, like, pull back. Uh, Vittoria would like to step up and do... Um, an examination. <laughs> Very well. So, Niccolo Cesare, you probably help her over to the couch, lay her down real quick so that uh, Vittoria can get a better angle. Laria comes back for uh, Adria and gives you a you know bowl of water and a, a wet towel to put on her forehead to at least help a little bit with the nausea as uh, Rex has stuffed some pillows underneath her leg to kind of raise it up some. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lichia, pulling on your pant leg, pulling it up enough I suppose prying a little bit until someone has to help you pry your boot off since I imagine you're wearing riding boots, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So again, those things go all the way up to the knee and probably a pain to pull off. Undo a foot of lacing and then prying this off, Vittoria, you can immediately see the bite marks from earlier healed over somewhat, I think, from both being patched up from uh, your medicine as well as I don't think that any magical healing was applied. But pulling yeah. up the pant leg, you can see the bite marks earlier from where you fought the rats. These two incisor marks cut into the side of her leg 
And from here, you can see that the area around it is slightly raised and inflamed, and you can see this shooting redness spreading from the bite. Victoria, you glance this over. Probably pull out your medical in- implements. Secret check. Um, well, would you like the good news or the bad news first? Uh, go ahead and give me the bad news. Bad news, you have Phil fever. You're septic. Um, and it can be fatal. But the good news is, is since we have caught it, we should be able to treat you. So, uh, well, how do you treat that? Yeah, it's, you're going to have to rest and uh, we're going to have to take care of you, essentially. But we got to catch a killer. I do not think one day will be the make it or break it. Well, we don't want you to catch your death. Yes. You definitely have a fever and much else, but we can treat this. But if we don't treat it, then you theoretically could die from this. So we're going to put you to bed. Oh, can I puke now? I feel like I'd feel better if I just puked. Cesare steps back. (laughs) Vittoria reaches for a (laughs) wastebasket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can definitely puke. Just try not to puke on the wizard. He'd be real mad at you. I, I imagine she's just nauseous, so she's, like, trying, but she's like, uh, I can't just, like, make myself puke. Like, Mechanically speaking, you have filth fever. Woo! It is a disease. Currently, you are in stage two of filth fever. Uh, you entered stage one whenever you failed your initial fortitude save. Mm. Uh, although there are no symptoms in, in stage Fine. one. You're just a carrier with no ill effects. In stage two, you have now gained the sickened condition. Okay, great. You are sickened one. You cannot great. remove this until ah, you've cured really? the disease. That's annoying. All right. Add sickened one to my character sheet and just forget about that. Basically, it means you feel ill. You're sickened. Always includes a value. You take a status penalty equal to this value on all of your checks and DCs, which means yeah. that your ACs down, your attack rolls are down, yep. everything is everything. down. Everything. You can't willingly ingest anything, including elixirs and potions, while sickened. It does clarify with the disease that while you have the sickened condition, you are able to drink and eat small quantities over the course of a day. So I can still, I won't like starve. You will not starve to death. However, in a combat situation, you could not bring yourself to actually drink a potion or anything like that. It's a combination of loss of appetite, the closing of your throat, nausea, all the rest of that. Fun. Unlike regular sickened condition, you can't just spend an action retching to attempt to recover from it. Uh, you can't recover from it at all as long as you are still diseased. Great. So is there a way to mundanely get rid of her disease or do we have to have magical healing? So you can use the medicine skill to treat disease. Yeah. Cesare is not trained in that, so he's not going to be much help. I think most people usually kind of fall back on Victoria, as far as medicine is concerned, so yeah, I don't think sure. I don't think necessarily anyone's looking to the wizard to take care of her. Well, I'm just saying for aiding and that kind of thing, Chesdery. Ah, uh, true. I can't. I have to roll a 19 to be of any use. You know what I mean? So, so this is something that Victoria is aware of, and I'll go ahead and make Jordan aware of this as well. You are in stage two. There are five stages to to this disease. Every time that you fell, you will progress it down a stage. Every time that you succeed, you'll progress up a stage. Okay. If you get a critical success, you progress up stage two stages. So you're currently in stage two, which means that if you got a critical success on your next fortitude save... I'd be good. Completely cured. 
Oh, cool. You just had a miraculous turnaround overnight. If you critically fail, you drop down two stages. Ooh, boy, howdy. Get to look forward to that. Vittoria, you're aware that stage three, if the disease progresses, is sickened one and slowed one. Oh, oh my God. Oh, crud, really? Which gets really crappy. Uh, stage four is literal unconsciousness that will last for the course oh, of a gosh. day. Stage five is death. Diseases seem way worse in second edition. Diseases are way more deadly in second edition. Great. <laughs> you have to take Great. them a lot more seriously. Well, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, worst case, we can go to a cleric and be like, we don't want to spend the gold, but eh. But I'd rather not because the only ones we really know are the... Actually, no, you... Uh, uh, Niccolo knows the, like, a cleric of Serenray, right? Or not Serenray, um, Shalin. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I think I knew of one, but I, I yeah. <laughs> I believe Niccolo knows a cleric of Shalin so much as he was at a funeral of which she was officiating. Is yeah. officiating the proper term? Officiating, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's better than going to the Asmodean priest and being like, oops, got bit by a rat. I mean, at the very least, if we uh, we can pass it off as you were trying to you know, follow rule number one. Yeah, no, sure. I know. I could definitely do like, you know, oh, I did it to get some coppers, you know. And not that yeah. anyone in the party knows this, but don't you have family that works at the temple? That's another reason why I don't want to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, keep in mind that uh, a third level spell does cost 18 gold. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know All if right. we have that as a group. Oh, we do. Yet. No, we do. We do but... as a party, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, while you are mentioning 18 gold pieces, I will bring up there is a Church of Abadar. So as long as you God. got that cha-ching. Uh, yeah, they'll do anything <laughs> as long as you got I the mean, money. I mean, I guess that's better than the Church of Asmodeus. Okay, so if we get to stage four, maybe we drop 18 gold so you don't die. I mean, but... I think be, I'd be, I would be appreciative, not going to lie. Yeah. Stage two, you're safe. If you get to stage three, that's where the concern kicks in. Because if I crit fail it, I just die. You die. Yep. Yeah. It basically means that there is a chance. And again, keeping in, keeping in mind that the sickening condition reduces your saves. Yay. As a rule, you know, stage one, stage two, they suck. But again, you're just kind of sickened right now. You know, yeah. once, once this initial bout of nausea and all the rest of that passes, Lucia could feasibly even go about the rest of her day. You're just going about the rest of your day with the same stat penalty that you're dealing with whenever you had lice or lice. Yeah. Just with no way to remove it. Well, fun. It's going to be a great day for Lucia. So in my professional opinion, I'm going to need to stay by your side for at least overnight to guarantee that you're going to come out of this. I think we may need to put off our investigation for one night, if you do not mind, Niccolo. I think this might be a bit more pressing. She needs time to heal. But if you wanted to, I could sit with her and y'all could go do some preliminary investigation, like recon type stuff. That is another option. Um, that way we could still continue our investigation, but she would be taken care of. I do. Uh, I would prefer to move her to my place, though, because I have all my supplies, my herb garden and whatnot. Um... It's not too far, maybe. To stress her condition is, um, and maybe I didn't explain this quite as well for you know, Lucia, you basically feel like you have the onset of a cold. Yeah. You don't feel oh, okay. good, but it, it was that you stood up, and again, it's that I feel sweaty, I kind of ache, but it's not like I'm literally dying as we speak here. Okay, cool. 
It's like, you feel crummy, but yeah. Okay, well, I say, let's take her back here. Can I get uh, one of you guys to go buy me one of them stupid portraits? Uh, since I'm going to be, you know, stuck at the house. I can give you the, uh, the, the silver or whatever. I think we could manage that. Sure. So the what exactly is the plan? I have class and then office hours this evening, but with it being a fire day, I have the next two evenings, well, the two next two days off. Well, the plan, I think, is for Nicolo and I to just do some preliminary question and investigation. I don't think we're planning on anything in more in-depth than that for now. Perhaps our presence might be enough to at least give the killer some pause. It may. And then Adria will stay with Lucia. You'd be welcome to join up with us later on this evening, or if you're tied up with classes, I think that is fine. I will be free after seven. That's when the office hours are over. What time is it now, anyway? Uh, currently, guys are a little bit after two, basically. Yeah, Cesare's first class starts at three, so he doesn't... Fortunately, we're on the correct side of the uh, river, so... Yeah, I was going to say, if you were if you were having to make a hustle in 30 minutes on the other side of town, you would probably not make it. I guess estimate when you think you'll be there, we'll get you from my place at that point. What? How long does it take to get from the school to the devil's nursery? About 25 minutes. I need to get to class, but it probably will take me about 30 minutes to get to your house afterwards, so... Let's say right. for meeting up there around 7.30. Sure. If Works for me. no one comes to the office hours, I could be there earlier, but we'll aim for 7.30. All right. Lucia, I hope you start to feel better soon. Me too. I think I'll make it, though. Uh, yeah, and I give, I guess, um, Victoria the money to get the painting. Yeah, that's fine. So I suppose you all set off from the Long Roads Coffee House. Probably helping Lucia a little bit down the uh, the ladder that makes its way to the second floor, since there's not actually a staircase. Say our goodbyes to Laria and Rexus. Yep. Yep. Laria waves. Let me know if there's anything that I can do to uh to help y'all, and feel free to take a few pastries on the way. You know, I think there's actually some herbal tea downstairs. It might be a little bit of a pick-me-up, a uh, immuno booster, if you will. That's for sure. Oh, perfect. Mm. Yeah. Be sure to steam it. Maybe just hang your head over it for a little bit. Maybe it'll help. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm not going to say anything. Just yeah, one of those, those, uh, those neti pots you can just pour it in through. Uh... Oh, <laughs> no. Those things are so gross. And if you don't clear the water well enough, you can get brain parasites. <laughs> I, I have heard that they help, but. That's why you're supposed to use distilled like water, not water out of the tap and things like That's, that with yeah. those. Rexus helps all of you down. Right. Uh, then I'll stay here. I suppose I'll go uh, enter myself to the Fushi sisters and uh, sure. start getting things planned and um, underway. So basically, just to explain this also real quick, because Heather did mm -hmm. use the proper terminology earlier, she did mention it is a it is fire day. Mm -hmm. uh, that is not that is a Galarian word. It's not like the school has a fire day or something. Fire drills, right? Uh, fire yeah, sale. It's, it's fire drill day. We're having a fire drill tonight so I can leave early. <laughs> fire day is the Galarian word for Friday. Yes. So uh, yeah. In Galarian, it is Sunday, moon day, toil, toil day. day, Yep. will day, oath day, fire day, star day. Yep. Yeah. So um, mechanically speaking, uh, on Sunday, once Rexus is finished getting everything set up, the rebellion officially, like, mechanically begins. Which means that mm -hmm. that will be your first rebellion phase, and then it ticks every single week. 
You can decide now if you have an action that you want your people to take right now. I think more just clean the hideout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just start, uh, yeah, probably cleaning it out and, and trying to make it livable. All right, you set off. Uh, Adria, you return back with uh, Lucia. I suppose make her comfortable at your own house mm-hmm. as much as possible. Lucia, you collapse into bed and more or less rotate between fevers and chills. Sounds about right. You'll be doing that for a bit. Cesare, you return back to school. Rush up to your own room up in the uh, one of the numerous towers that are under use since the school is only really utilizing about one third of its space. Since, uh, again, Alabaster Academy's unfortunately been on the decline for many a year. Take the time to wash up, change back into your school. Well, you don't really have a professor's uniform or anything. It's not. <laughs> Clothes that haven't been puked on and dunked in the river and smell like sulfur because we fought some devils. And, Do you have and, any tweed jackets? <laughs> to be fair, people might find the sulfur like cool. Like, oh, she's been mm. cavorting with devils. Cool. <laughs> Cesare has his elvish lit class, so grab whatever novel, story, whatever ooh, ooh, they're ooh. reading and head downstairs. <laughs> Nicola can well. set you up with some pretty cool leather patches on the elbows, too, <laughs> if you have a jacket. <laughs> Yep, you find a new dapper vest to replace your currently damaged dapper vest. (laughs) You find a matching dapper vest for your cat. No, she wears a ribbon around her neck that's the same color. That's his dapper vest. Very well. Uh Yep. But I'm going to buy her a dapper vest. (laughs) Niccolo, I suppose you return back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to do at the moment. Niccolo returns back home, takes one look around, and just like a... I never have company and just starts cleaning his uh, his flat as much as he yeah. can He's like, oh, God. before anyone else comes over. <laughs> All right, yes. Right, the um, squalor, right. Yep. My mom always told me to keep this clean, and now I understand it. Yeah. Comes in, chases away the pigeons that sneak into his house during the day and try to steal his Curse you pigeons! <laughs> <laughs> this is why, this is why Niccolo doesn't like birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Run, you pigeons! It's Robert Frost! Anyway, um... I suppose then, uh... Vittoria, you navigate your way through the city streets. The hustle and bustle of Cantargo. Uh, following along the southern side of the Ulubilis River. You follow the main road that runs just along the edge of the river. Pass under the shadow of Temple Hill as you make your way back in the direction of Castle Cantargo. You once again pass by the burned-out remains of the Silver Star, glancing over towards the derelict ruins of what was once the city's most prominent music shop before continuing to make your way, noting that there are no longer the guard presents that you've seen up until this point. As you continue to progress, you make your way eventually past Andros Hall, what in essence serves as City Hall for the city of Cantargo. Three stories tall, it seems rather quaint and cozy, almost sitting in the shadow of the massive castle that's a mere half block away from it. The Lord's Mayor's offices, of course, you know, are located in Andros Hall, although ever since Brazili Throne took over, he seems to be running everything out of the Opera House as opposed to this more quaint structure. Honestly, since Brazili Throne has taken over, this building looks to be all but literally boarded up. As in, you don't see people coming or going or any activity inside of the city hall. You make your way past that into the shadow of Castle Cantargo. The large structure, once an imposing and impenetrable military icon, its defenses haven't honestly been tested in probably centuries. 
the castle remains functional, but again, it's almost more of a, not necessarily tourist attraction since they don't do tours here, but more of a city icon than really an actual military installation. As you approach the front gate, you enter into High Wall Market. Positioned directly in front of Castle Contargo, High Wall Market sees little business beyond catering to those who keep the city running smoothly. Paper makers, ink sellers, other merchants and such make up most of the market's sparse attendees. Peppered with occasional food vendors, um, oh, and masseuse. Offering members of Contargo's hey. ruling class momentary respite from their responsibilities. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm just imagining it's one of those like chair massage places, you know, like it's not like one of those places where it's like, okay, disrobe, you know, (laughs) that's like a chair massage thing. Like you'd run into at the mall. Yeah, there you go. Uh, It only takes you a short time kind of checking around here, digging through a couple of the stalls and such to find that there are numerous stalls here uh, selling a variety of different depictions of Abigail throne to comply with the, with the second proclamation of Brazil I threw in requiring that all businesses display in a prominent position a portrait of Queen Abigail II. Uh, they are a variety of different quality, although none of them are particularly poor quality. <laughs> in large part, you're going to assume, judging by the fact that the Datari would probably arrest someone if the portrait didn't actually look like her. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That doesn't even need to be a proclamation. That's probably just a law. Yeah, generally speaking. You can actually find a standard portrait, one large enough to qualify, which means that it must measure at least 11 by 17 for a total of 10 silver pieces. Yep, it was pricey. Yeah. Well, the fine's 20, so. Yeah. yeah. Per day. Mm. Yep, it's 20 silver pieces per week. Uh, failure to uh, pay more than four weeks in a row results in uh, business being seized by the government. Mm. Oh. Oh, yeah. fun. I mean, uh, that's potential the, that's... imprisonment. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's darn inconvenient. Yeah, that's always the problem with these things. It's like, yeah, it's really expensive, but the uh, the punishment is far, far worse. Mm-hmm. So great. That's why we're gonna fix it, y'all. Yeah, it's just gonna take us six books. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just give us like two hundred more episodes. Um. <laughs> so I assume you pick up one. Indeed, I do. So, Victoria, you make your way to one of the stalls, run by a rather jovial gnome who chats you up for an excessive amount of time uh, before finally actually selling you the portrait. It feels just a little bit more Adria style uh, in that it just seems like this gnome did an exacting replica of Abigail Throne, except for it is in the most vibrant colors. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm a big fan oh, of this. I guess it's not like just a copy of like a known portrait. Like it could be whatever, like she can wear there whatever is, they want. It is a, this is the standard portrait. Mm-hmm. However, this gnome just went, you know what? I'm just going to bring all the color up by like, I don't know, mm-hmm. three or four degrees. Nice job. <laughs> nice. You hand over the 10 silver pieces for this. Turn, glance around while the, uh, the gnome takes it and begins to wrap it in butcher paper for you and tie it up. You watch curiously as a pair of Hell Knights makes their way through the crowd, marching their way up towards Castle Contargo. As they begin to approach the gate, you note for the first time, the Datari that guard the gate to Castle Contargo aren't there. Instead, two Hell Knights stand on either side of the gate. Oh. They nod to the other two as they approach, order that the portcullis, which is usually open anyway, 
but is currently closed, be opened just enough to allow them to pass, and then lower the portcullis again. Huh. As you look up towards the walls, you can see where usually the usually you'd see the occasional soldier patrolling along the battlement, that there are lightly armored men in dark clothing. Not full Hell Knights, but armagers. Hell Knights in training. Jeez, did they bring all the Hell Knights for this order down here? That's it. Yay, we've got baby Hell Knights, too. Well, I mean, we gotta fight something to work our way up to the full <laughs> Hell Knights, you know? Uh, she turns to the, the gnome uh, salesman. Um, perhaps I haven't been to the market as, uh, as often as I should. How long have the Dittari been absent? Oh, um, hmm. I'm gonna say at least a week now. So since the Night of Ashes? Well, mostly. I think that there's probably still some inside, but from what I understand, everyone that worked at the castle is now gone. There's some new Datari in there. Uh, I haven't noticed any of the regulars around here. I'd usually, you know, wave at them and nod. You know, there's always that thing of offer free coffee at your uh, your your stall. Make sure that the uh, the Datari come back around every once in a while, just to either fill back up and keep an eye on things. Keeps picket pockets down. Mm. Yep. How are the Hell Knights? Do they enjoy the coffee? I have not built up the courage to ask. I don't blame you. Nope. Yeah. I mean, their symbol, from what I understand, is literally, they are literally called the Order of the Rack. Oh, they're from that order. Okay. Yeah, so, um, it just doesn't sound pleasant. Not particularly, no. The Order of the Torrent, at least, like, I enjoy a good rain as much as in the next person. Why couldn't they be the Order of the Spice Rack? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here you are, all bundled up and ready to go. Are you sure I can't interest you in another portrait? I have this nice salamander. I'm, I'm good for now, thanks, but perhaps later. Okay, well, if you ever need anything, I've got a variety of small portraits available, other than just standard business fare. Things to spice up your desk. If I had a desk, I might take you up on that. They sell desks across the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to, to, we need to befriend this guy and get him into our rebellion so he can decorate our uh, our hideout. Oh, buy yeah. a desk, so then you can buy one of my portraits. Come on, mm -hmm. it's obvious. Well, I wish you well and good health. Same to you. I suppose you turn, make your way. If only he wished Lucia good health. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But no, he doesn't even know I exist. That would have at least given you a plus one morale bonus. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Missed opportunity there. Mm -hmm. So um, are you heading back to Nicolo's after that? Yeah, because by the time I head all the way back to my house and then back to the devil's nursery, that's that's just a long walk. You come <laughs> drop the portrait off. Yeah, I, I'll probably yes. do that. I'll go drop the portrait off and then head to the devil's nursery. Yay. You do that, head back. Niccolo hears the, the knock on his door, I imagine, quickly just standing there with a bag full of uh, clothes he hasn't gotten around to washing yet before he just lifts up the mattress and throws them under. No one's going so. to look under here. Niccolo <laughs> <laughs> um, answers the door. Hello? Oh, yes, right. Vittorio, I was expecting you. Right. Hi. Sorry, Hello. I don't have company often. Come on in. Come on in. Nor do I. So, um... This is my uh, flat, I suppose. Um, cozy. Uh, but <laughs> I suppose 
we put the most be. awkward people together. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's like Nicola is fine in situations of like combat or mayhem, but in this case, it's like a normal conversation with a person. How do? Say, <laughs> <laughs> Victoria is not really good at it either. So, yeah. um, do you have a, a a table that we could go over the information? What's left of one? Yes, please. Um, here, take a t- no, not that one. The other one. That one has a broken leg. Um, I'll All take right. that one. Don't worry about it. My tail helps support me. Fair enough. You don't want to fall. Trust me. So I suppose you make yourself comfortable. Yeah. Nicolo, I imagine going over all the details that he has as far as the uh, murders in the nursery. So to say, Nicolo's happy to share everything. So yeah, I think there's a whole thing. So Nicolo shares all he knows pertaining towards the uh, the murders in the nursery as you wait. Uh, a little bit before sunset, uh, Cesare arrives. I believe you guys were just planning on information gathering? I think it's, yeah, patrolling slash information gathering. Yeah. Okay. So if y'all would like, you could make your way out and gather information. And then, you know, hopefully if they do try to strike again, at least like drive them off or something. Because supposedly tonight they are probably going to try to strike again. But the question is where and who. Yeah. Question is, do we want to fight them down to people? Yeah. Well, we don't have to necessarily fight them. We just have to True. get them to dissuade them. Scare yeah. them. As long as they don't kill somebody, I'm fine with that outcome. Just make sure you injure them so we can, like, track the, tra- the trail of blood back to them. Follow the red drip road. That sounds kind of macabre. Anyway. A little bit. <laughs> Cesare eventually arrives. I suppose making his way up, joining the, uh, the two of you. And Nicolo's flat. Again, it's basically like a studio apartment mm-hmm. where bed off towards one side, small kitchenette area, which is really just one of those old timey uh, stove stovepipe ovens mm-hmm. off on one side where the pipe just someone knocked a hole in the wall and the pipe just sticks out said wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't quite fill the whole wall, too. So sometimes rain gets in. Yep. <laughs> and then the table that as long as you don't put too much weight on it is fine. Mm-hmm. And four chairs, three of which are functional. Yes. I suppose after that, you set off into Devil's Nursery? Yep. Yep. All right. Again, the slums of Devil's Nursery basically earned their nickname because of the large number of Tifling immigrants who've joined Kentargo's ranks over the past 60 years. Really just due to, not even necessarily, it's almost more a lack of housing regulations in that it is perfectly fine for someone to just choose to discriminate against someone for any reason. Mm-hmm. And most people choose to discriminate against Typhlings. Because it's easy. Yeah. That they don't necessarily live in this area because they want to. They live into the, in this area because they just can't gain access to tenements or homes outside of this area. Most of the people in this area are Typhlings. There are a few non-Typhlings, but they are somewhat few and far between. Mm-hmm. As such, Cesare in your, uh, your dapper vest and uh, exceptionally tall physique and Vittoria and while you're wearing your street clothes and all the rest of that and trying to blend in is rather difficult for either of you to just pass here well, without I've also drawing got a attention cat to yourself. on my shoulder so you know mm. yeah that gives you a <laughs> slight both a... bonus but yeah <laughs> yeah true <laughs> hey look we like animals as much as anybody else as long as they're not birds yep. <laughs> yeah screw birds <laughs> as you make a make your way around there's a there's a quietness here that seems to be one part fear, but also one part anger. This budding resentment that just seems to permeate this place. 
You navigate the streets. Niccolo, you're used to walking the city streets of Devil's Nursery and seeing kids kicking a ball back and forth across the street. Used to seeing people congregating, chatting outside. Again, while Devil's Nursery is, for lack of better terms, a slum constructed of many of the same, much as Red Roof District is, of poor quality buildings as well as street planning as well as care and infrastructure than the rest of the city. The people here band together, but now the streets are quiet. You see the occasional old timer sitting out on the front step, just watching people make their way by. A few people hanging out clothes from windows. I can go ahead and make a gather information check for all of you. I will note that Niccolo will not be taking a penalty at all. Cesare and Vittorio will both be taking a minus two penalty. You're not Tiflings, and they don't trust outsiders. It's understandable. You split up chat chat with people. Vittoria, you find that most people don't seem to be particularly interested in speaking with you. Uh, After the first or second person, you start to stop using the term investigation (laughs) in large part because (laughs) they seem to be connecting Mm -hmm. that back with the Tatari. And again, despite the fact that the Tatari aren't really helping them, they seem to be less inclined to speak with you if they believe that you're somehow connected to the oppressive city government. However, even after that, you find little ground. Niccolo, you find many people willing to talk to you, but most people are more along the lines of, yeah, there's that slasher problem and, you know, no one's really going to do anything about it. So, you know, we're going to have to wait until something gets done, but no one seems to expect you to be doing much pertaining towards it. Yeah. And in addition to that, most people don't seem to have anything more Fair enough. that they can actually I mean, they, offer you. As I would say, if they don't know anything, they don't know anything. So, Yep. Cesare, however. See, it's the kitty bonus. <laughs> yep. You do find a couple tiefling children who just kind of make their <laughs> way over, noticing said kitty. Oh, Kitty! Raven does the talking. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Ryan, like how's that. it going? <laughs> You're able to also entertain with, you know, they're like, are you a wizard? It's like, yeah, actually, I am a wizard. Do magic. And you're just okay. like, ah, press the digitation. <laughs> yeah. Wee, blinking lights and colors, yay. <laughs> Raven, I, I imagine, would be happy to inter- to play with some half or the the some tiefling kids. Yeah. So technically, you could be a halfling and a tiefling now. Yeah. I'm so glad they changed that back. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. So let me go ahead and just share that with you, uh, where you do have a long, long. That's- very long conversation with a very excitable child. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I suppose Niccolo and Vittoria probably hanging out somewhere nearby watching Cesare with this very long, involved uh, conversation. <laughs> uh, eventually, however, the child just smiles, flashes his bright pointy teeth, uh, waves his hand energetically before running off down the road uh, after his siblings. Well, seems you have a way with the children. I think it's more that uh, the raven has a way with children. Everybody likes cats. Children, people, whoever. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, it was nice to see some smiles around here for once, so thank you. Of course. They seem to like the magic. (laughs) Um, Though, the child has heard that the slasher is taking trophies and 
the child's father told him that he's back. The slasher is back. That there, the there was a problem before. Slasher is back. It was not aware of a killer amidst before. The Temple Hill slasher. Is that who I, he's referring to? I don't know. He just said that the slasher is back and that his father told him he killed... I'm sure this is an exaggeration. A hundred people a long time ago. Yes, I know quite a bit about the Temple Hill slasher, but the modus operandi does not match, really. Trophies. His killings were outlandish. They were these giant displays. Maybe come at this from an angle of assume that we don't know anything about this Temple Hill guy. Yes. So the Temple Hill Slasher was actually a professor at the Alabaster Academy. Professor Alanda McVoon. I mean, he was one of the most popular teachers at the Academy. Um, he was a professor of anatomy and very oh, well-liked among Kentargan yeah. society. I mean, you would have looked at him and never thought that he'd committed, uh, I believe, 40 murders within three years. 40? Holy cow. I mean, people disappeared mm. all over mm. about one a month it's different they seemed random uh, but each person was held for about four to seven days um, but where he kept them was never actually discovered and when they finally passed he would leave them on the slopes of Temple Hill earning him the moniker of the Temple Hill Slasher did that killer take trophies? As far as I know, the Temple Hill Slasher never took trophies. Yeah, I don't but suppose they this... never found where his hiding place was, where he was keeping these people. No, unfortunately, and I've tried to figure it out myself, but you know, there's not exactly a lot of information uh, floating around about that um, because it was a bit of an embarrassment for the Academy. Well, yeah, the, I wasn't really familiar with the serial killer, but I recognized the professor's name. That's half the reason why no one goes to the Academy anymore. Well, but the idea of it being the slasher is ridiculous. I mean, the professor was caught in the act of abducting an Abdaran priest. I mean, he... How he long was, ago? Um, in, let's see, 4598. Oh, very long ago. So yeah, that's over 100 years ago. Yes, yes. and he was executed. He was tried and beheaded. But by the end of a week. Mm. So, mm. and unfortunately, any records of those responsible for capturing him have been redacted because I've looked. So maybe like a copycat? Someone if, trying to be the devil nursery slasher or something? It could be, but there's no way that it's the actual slasher. Well, no, he's dead. I mean, I remember everyone freaking out about the Temple Hill slasher. My parents kept me at home. I was younger. Now, the... Killings in this area, how are they being killed, if you don't mind my prying? We're not entirely sure. Whatever it is that... Whatever it is that they're doing, it leaves the bodies largely unrecognizable. I've never been able to actually look at one of the bodies long enough to know for sure. If it is a copycat, um, the victims of the slasher were paralyzed from a blow to the neck, which allowed him to torture them and put them on display however he wished. Yeah. Unpleasant. Raven makes a little herking noise. 
Uh oh. <laughs> oh no. Raven has spill fever. Uh -huh. No. <laughs> sorry, I've had the that tile. happen on my shoulder. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. Tile, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> and uh, Magvoon also started putting traps on the bodies to maim those who might actually find them. Okay, so if it's a copycat, it's a dime store copycat. Yes, if it's a copycat, it's more of a sensationalist than it is somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Have all the yes. bodies already been buried? Yes, all of them. In fact, most of them were cremated. Only one of them has actually been buried properly. Were any of them given a proper autopsy? No, the Dutari don't care. Well, I, I don't mean to sound morbid, but if another killing happens, I would volunteer my services to at least try and help. Fair enough. I'm hoping we can stop that, but if it does, it does, and anything we can find out will help us catch the killer. Exactly. I plan on staying up tonight, so... Uh, so are the other two of you planning on spinning... Well, I mean, it's way past or? curfew because so we're gonna get in trouble if we try to leave. So yeah. Well, it is it is sunset now. Well, to patrol the area throughout the night and try to help anyone, we're gonna have to stay here. Does Nicolo yeah. mind if we yeah. crash on your floor? <laughs> it's fine with me. Probably not comfortable for you, but if you don't mind it, I can maybe find an extra pillow somewhere. We can make it work. Cesare nods in agreement. The Raven can get comfortable anywhere. Fair enough. Yep. Maybe you can help me with my bird problem. <laughs> I mean, it's a little base, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you Raven what. Raven is no basic cat. <laughs> Have you considered just getting a regular cat? I mean, I haven't been able to get one yet. They um, tend to be afraid of me most of the time. But uh, Nicholas does, does not have good luck with animals, I think. <laughs> Which is really sad for him. Um, however, um, maybe I can get you something in repayment? <laughs> what would you like? Mm. Oh, mm. now you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> salmon. Okay, we can do that. God, get you some salmon. salmon. Isn't he going to eat a bunch of birds? <laughs> he's probably I think not she's gonna just going to kill him. You don't know he's yeah. going to yeah. eat them. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't she, have to eat them. She, she doesn't eat them. Yeah. She, she. Yeah. Cats are just, you know, little tiny murderers. That's true. They <laughs> I mean, weren't so cute. Sport. I mean, she yeah. called killing them base. You think she's really going to eat them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She is not it's a like, basic. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Look, I just like them to stop stealing my sandwiches, okay? I want to eat something in peace for once. The druid <laughs> is not here, but the druid would be very upset. Oh, yeah, no, the yeah. druid would be like, hang on, I'm going to cast a spell and just talk just to him. Just want some like salmon grilled, not baked. Send them to my garden where I feed them in the evenings. Grilled is fine. <laughs> See, that's the thing, is that, you know, Nicola might be open to that, but at the moment, he's willing to go with whatever solution presents itself. Tisk yep. tisk. Fix your yeah. window. How about that? Well, I would <laughs> like to, but glass is expensive. Oh, hey, I make glass. I should fix your window. You should. <laughs> yes. Why did we not think of this sooner? Because they ha you guys aren't here to see that it's broken. It's true. Yeah, we don't that's know. True. That's true. Adria would point. definitely be point. fixing his house as much as possible were she there. Future times. But I guess we're gonna patrol the streets. They roll to see anything happens here. Hellhounds come pouring out of the streets. I was gonna say maybe the slasher the will portal just to hell try it. opens up. 
Yeah. Maybe so the what? slasher will just try to kill one of us and make our jobs easier. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That would be problematic because I'm sure he's probably very experienced. Turns out the typical slasher came back as Grave Knight. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God, oh. no. Run. No. It's time for the chase mechanics. Go. Don't put the armor in a bag of holding and forget about it. Mm. Sure. <laughs> Why? Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say he didn't wear armor, but, you know. He did go around dressed as a plague doctor as he murdered people, so. That's kind of Yeah, oh. I didn't mention that That's part. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. What he does. So you spend probably the next couple of hours patrolling around. Victoria would ask to see the previous crime scenes. I mean, I can take her to where the bodies were found. I, we're not entirely sure if those were necessarily the crime scenes, but... And unfortunately, well, the dumping yeah. ground is still part of a crime scene. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, with already a week having passed, and most of these were dropped in what is close to high traffic areas. Mm-hmm. And again, there was no tape put up or anything else to really preserve help it. Keep it. Yeah. There's unfortunately little that you can find researching the uh, previous murder sites. Well, even the fact that it's in a public place is, it is an important part to it. Which Vittoria will gladly explain. <laughs> <laughs> Take the woman to the crime scene. Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, you spend the evening patrolling. Fortunately, unfortunately, you don't hear any issues. You don't see any sign of uh, well, a murderer. You keep an eye on people. One notable thing is the fact that despite the fact that there is a curfew in effect, despite the fact that there is a serial killer on the loose in Red, in Red Roof Devil's Nursery specifically, there are still a decent number of people willing to brave the night. Hmm. Uh, in most of these cases, these are the more burly sorts. Although in some of these cases, these are people that probably, again, as I'm sure Niccolo could explain to Vittoria and Cesare, Getting a job outside of Devil's Nursery is difficult. And so if these people have gotten a job outside of the nursery that pays well, then even if it's the, oh, okay, well, the, sh- the the restaurant closes at sunset, well, then they're still there busting the tables afterwards, washing the dishes, doing all the rest of that. So it still might be until almost curfew before they even get out from their job. They then try to rush home. And they're not going to give up that kind of job. No. No. Mm -mm. Unfortunately, all that you learn from this evening is there's not really a lack of targets for this person. I suppose you guys are staying the evening at uh, Nicolo's. I imagine you return there probably by about midnight or so. Yeah. Mm. It's been a long day. Keep in mind the livery and all this stuff is all the same day. Oh, yeah. So, in the meantime, I suppose, uh, let's go ahead and get a medicine check from Adria, who spent the last uh, eight hours playing Dr. Mom. Mm-hmm. I figure we rejoin them the following morning. Yeah. Mm. So, let's see. Uh, it's not a secret check, so go ahead and treat some disease here. I roll an 18, which, or sorry, I roll an 11, which gets me a 19. Nice. A 19 will succeed. Yay. So, technically... Lucia doesn't actually roll to see whether or not it's basically about noon before Lucia needs to roll to see whether or not she's feeling better. All right. You get a plus two bonus on this. Yep. So I imagine you uh, probably send him. I mean, heck, you can even send one of your ravens to Adria to just check up and see how Lucia is doing. Oh, nice. You have ravens. Then feasibly, she could even send that back. And if you guys wanted to arrange to meet for like lunch or something like that. Yeah, we could do that. I send my chonky old man raven. (laughs) (laughs) 
Very well. I probably owe Raven some salmon this evening, so... Murdering birds. Uh, I heard you were murdering birds. We must have a discussion. (laughs) My bird murdering senses were tingling last night. (laughs) They told me this morning. (laughs) Yep. Wow, the bird information network is pretty good. Wow. (laughs) That's probably the other thing you guys noticed wandering around Devil's Nursery is, uh... Yeah, the cats are having kind of the run of the place. Mm. Since, like, all the stray dogs have been collected. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, Yay, kitties. Unfortunately, Nicola at the same probably... time, you know, children are basically murdering uh, rats and pigeons and all the rest of that left, right, and center. Mm. So they're kind of cutting into the cat's food source. <laughs> That's so, true, because, you know, coppers. Because they can turn those in for money. And when you're in a poor district here, you know, mm. obviously that's not much of a concern on the... Uh, the north side of the Ulubulus River and the more mm-hmm. affluent districts where most people are just like, oh, okay, oh, how quaint, you get a copper piece for turning in a rat. Yeah. But a copper piece is good money. So I'm going to assume that all of you decide to meet for lunch. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. So go ahead and uh, have Lucia make me a fortitude save, and let's see whether or not she's oh, going to bounce man. back from this. All right. You get a plus two. Okay, that's a 19 plus 4 is a 23 plus 2 from Adria is a 25. Please tell me that's a critical success. <laughs> if it's not and at that least is a with success, the second you're penalty, in trouble. Correct? That is with the second penalty, yes. It's actually a critical success. Oh! Yay! <laughs> Which takes you from stage 2 to cured. Oh, oh man. Thank goodness. After having, uh, I spent, I suppose, spent the entirety of yesterday being pampered and Having, you know, fresh made chicken soup and all the rest of that as you oh, lounged yeah. and uh, and recovered. Various scented candles, you know, lit to, to help with aromatherapy and all the rest of that. I don't really know <laughs> if that's something that Adria goes in for, tea. but lots mm-hmm. of chamomile. But I suppose you all squeeze yourself into uh, Adria's rather cramped little living arrangement here since mm-hmm. I think she probably had a table size well enough for four, but not enough room really in here for five. Uh, And even then, there's the table there, but then there's all the china shelves and all the rest of that surrounding it. So you can slide out, but can't slide your chair all the way out. It's very cozy. Uh, Crammed around the table. I imagine uh, pretty much all of you, somebody probably has to stand. Mm. I'll sit on a crate. Nicolo keeping a constant eye on his tail every time he walks through this place. True. Doesn't want it to whip Uh, out. I would really hate to accidentally. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. uh uh-oh. Uh, I suppose Lucia comes down to join all of you looking substantially better than she did the day before. You seem to be doing much better. Yeah, no, I'm feeling better. I think I just needed to sleep it off. Good. So, um... Uh, What'd you find? Not the much, unfortunately. No. Well, but that means you found something. Just not mm. a lot of it. And the well. going rumor seems to be that they think the uh, Temple Hill Slasher has somehow returned, but... Cesare shrugs. That's pretty much impossible. Who's who's this guy? Uh, the serial killer from uh, long quite a long time, time ago. hundred years ago. Which I'm guessing was caught and executed. Yes. Yes. How actually. old is Cesare? Cesare was a, was alive when this was going on. Yeah, but how old Kentargo. is Cesare? I'm trying to figure out if I was alive because I'm 90. Uh, no, 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 you weren't alive. Okay, cool. It, it, I believe it was 121 years ago or something okay. like that. Okay. I was a little off on my estimate. Uh, yeah, because I believe it's 4715. Yeah, and Cheser is 198. Mm, mm. So definitely alive for that. 
He was a spoiled little rich boy and that didn't have to worry <laughs> about it very much, probably. <laughs> you know? Probably why Lucia never heard about it either. <laughs> well, it also kind of falls into that, like, it's common... The slasher, as far as this idea of this knowledge that there was the serial killer and everything else, is a boogeyman story that is told throughout Kentargo. But that being said, it's not really something... It's not something that people from, that aren't from Kentargo necessarily know a great deal pertaining towards, and it's not something that Kentargo does anything to advertise. So no slasher mm. museum. Probably I mean, not. there's there's always the possibility that... Yeah. He's returned to some form of undead, but yes, it is unlikely. Any any real discussion or anything like that pertaining towards the slasher is kind of considered in bad taste. But, okay, so if the slasher came back as a ghost or what have you, nobody's seen him? Well, it would be really hard to take trophies if you're a ghost. It's also really Ooh. hard to take trophies if you're in portal. <laughs> <laughs> but more just move bodies not... around if you're doing that. I, I mean, that's not necessarily... Necessarily, the only type of undead he could come back also as. Also, this, but, yes. But again, though, why would it take a hundred years? From what I know of the Temple Hill Slasher, which is probably more than most, the Devil's Nursery doesn't seem like his territory. Hmm. He ran in noble circles. He he didn't spend time in the Devil's Nursery. Well, you know, people tend to latch onto something familiar when they're scared. So it could just be that. You know, we got a serial killer. We've heard of the Temple Hill Slasher. So that guy, that's got to be the guy even though yeah. he was caught or whatever, uh, as you're saying, I guess. Because you know who he is. That means he must have gotten caught or died or something. Oh, he was executed. Well, okay. So, uh, good, uh, I guess. Uh, nobody went mm. missing or anything last night. Not that I've Not heard that so heard far. Of. I'll try to keep my ear to the ground for now and see if anybody says anything. Unfortunately, we can't patrol all the time. Well, Devil's Nursery is big. No. So, not that we saw. You know, fair enough. So then uh, it doesn't sound like the plan's changed all that much of trying to stalk around Devil's Nursery and see if we can catch him in the act. I mean, the serial killer needs to be stopped. And the Datari and the Hell Knights certainly aren't going to do anything about it. And unfortunately, I don't know if we're any closer to actually catching him unless we patrol or if someone else becomes a victim. And for now, I don't know what else to do. So, unless anybody has a better idea. Maybe we could send out the Fushi sisters. They said they could gather information. They were good at gathering information, weren't they? They might be able to Maybe find they out something. Could find something that we couldn't. Yeah, might as well try. Yeah. I mean, was there a reason why you didn't get any information from anybody? I don't honestly think people know that much, to be entirely honest. Well, that's probably part of it. They're a very close-knit community. We're outsiders. Yeah, it but makes sense that they would not uh, speak to us. Which means the Fushis are going to be the same, right? No, but that not everybody is aware of everything that's going on around them. And even then, a lot of people just keep their necks out of it. It's hard enough to live in there without getting yourself into trouble with other things. Mm. So, I mean, I can't blame them. It's hard enough. Difficulties aside, we're not going to stop. No. So, what does that make the plan for today? I guess, for now, rest up. We'll go out again tonight. Unless we think we can get anything out of clenched jaws in the afternoon before the night falls. Oh, no, probably not. Mm. Unless you want to talk to clenched jaw directly, probably not. So, to say, I think Adria did talk to clenched jaw directly. Yeah, I talked to him a little bit. 
I'll try to see if I can figure out anything from the Clovenhoof Society or anything like that. If I hear anything, I'll try to let you all know. He pats to the pocket with his raven in it. Uh, should we meet before sunset at your house again? Probably for the best. It's going to be even more crowded tonight, but... Uh, It'll be worth it if we stop a killer. True. We have a plan. All right. And uh, I'm going to head home. I have some work and some schoolwork to finish. Well, good luck. Thank you for your help. Thank you all for your help. Of course. Cesare's going to take his stuff to Laria's and, you know, check on Rexus and grade papers there. Sure. So I suppose, uh, Adria, you open up shop again. Mm-hmm. Lucia? Uh, I'm going to assist Adria. Because okay. I can't think of anything I got to teach you how to run the shop so that we can split our time here. Yeah, there you go. Victoria, you head off to, uh, at the very least, change your clothes at Pietro's because you haven't changed yet. Well, I'm sure she's got a shift to work, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, work your own day shift there and all the rest of that. Nicolo, you head off towards the uh, the Clovenhoof Society. Mm-hmm. Kind of help around there. See if I can hear about any other goings on. I don't even know if there is if there was a victim last night. So, mm. uh, Cesare, you make your way back to uh, you know Long Road's Coffee House. Probably grab a coffee and all the rest of that. Head downstairs. The immediate transformation down here is somewhat shocking. In that, like you get down there, you go through the secret door. And or you immediately have to stop yourself to not slip as the floor here is wet. <laughs> and by the time you get like halfway down, you see Rexus with a bandana tied around the top of his head, <laughs> sleeves oh, rolled up, just mopping down the same. It's, it's the the, uh, the anime cleaning montage. <laughs> oh, where they like they put the rag on the floor and they run really fast, to, like yeah. rush it along. <laughs> he smiles. Cesare would probably smirk. Yeah, the Fushi sisters making their way back and forth in the background, clearing stuff out as there's a steadily growing pile of just detritus near the exit from the the hideout. Ah, good. uh, I'm going to assume it's afternoon by now. It is. I see you've been busy. Busy, yes. I can't really work in in a cluttered space. I like to be able to move around and have free movement. And then, you know, I figure if we're going to have people down here, then we want it to be sanitary as possible. And nothing says that you have a rebellion together, like having your hideout together. <laughs> I thought I would come keep you company while I graded some papers. Oh, absolutely. There's a table in there. We've got that cleared off. But you seem busy. I like to keep myself busy. I think you're projecting a little here, babe. <laughs> That's Savage. Fair. I share a lot with uh, Rexus. I, too, cannot work with a cluttered desk. <laughs> Cesare nods and says hello to the Fushi sisters as he passes and will sit down at the table, trying yep. not to be too amused by this entire situation. <laughs> Probably the most amusing thing is, uh, you know, he's taken some of the, like, the not- quality, uh, not as high of quality linens and all the rest of that stuff that were left there and it seems to be in the process of trying to you guess teach himself to sew oh, as he's wow. found some blue and some white and is trying to make like a silver raven banner that he can hang up. Oh nice. gosh, he's so cute. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> Working so hard for a background. better man in the chair. <laughs> <laughs>
You're going to get down there. There's going to be a big banner. It says, Welcome, Silver Raven. (laughs) I look forward to it. Again, you can tell that there's some work that needs to be done. At one point, you know, a rat does like scurry by while you're down here. Raven watches it in somewhat annoyance. Trepidation. You're allowed to chase it. Uh, After seeing what happened to Lucia. I'm a cautionary tale for many a person. (laughs) Yep. And she's totally helping me grade papers. Like, she has a stack. I have a stack. It's fine. (laughs) I still like the paw print idea. Like, perfect score, paw print. (laughs) Nicola, you make your way into the Clovenhoof Society, one of the larger buildings in Devil's Nursery. This place serves as more of a, you suppose, one part refuge, one part community center. As people come and go, there's a area set up outside to help entertain and keep the uh, the younger children active. There's an entire room here dedicated where uh, a variety of different trades can be taught to some of the older children, uh, as well as education and things like reading and writing and basic, basic math skills and all the rest of that, that again, there's not a, a general public school available in this city, particularly for people located here. Yeah. I suppose you make your way in. Straya is not currently in. Hmm. What about Gatris? Is he around? Gatris waves to you as you make your way in. Currently serving in the soup line as a number of people have made their way to grab some lunch or at the very least a late lunch between their shifts, working Hmm. elsewhere or doing other business. He smiles, waves, points over to an extra chef hat. Nicolo smiles and puts it on and starts, I guess, helping uh, serve some soup. Gatris is extraordinarily old tiefling. From what you understand, from what other people have told you, he has was once a much more lustrous red, although now it's just kind of turned into this bronzed with age coloration. Mm. His hair is usually a mess of snow white, although most of it's tucked into a chef's hat. And he just continues to smile and you know, pat on a shoulder for each person who comes in and then pours another bowl and helps them on their way. I suppose you put on a hat before you know, grabbing loaves of bread and handing them out as the next step in the line to help the old timer. Yeah, help get it moving. Oh, I haven't seen you in, in a little bit. Mm. I've been, um, been kind of busy lately. Keeping your nose clean. He reaches out and shoves your nose a little bit. smush (laughs) I mean trying my best yes how have you been oh I haven't been too well Mm, what's wrong it's been lonely Ah, I've been up here all by myself while you younglings out there doing your business but no it's fine I've been getting by keeping busy on things got some new spices in recently and started adding a little bit of extra kick he kind of nice. looks around before leaning in. It's the cayenne pepper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's just I say I think everyone's going to be uh, a little more pep in their step. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. I can't complain too much myself. You know. Fortunately, we stay pretty safe here, and, uh, and Straya has been very strict. Everyone in, one hour after sunset. Doors mm. locked. Everyone's safe. It's a good policy. Oh, we try our best, you know. I get a little nervous with what I hear about outside of of even the nursery here. 
Yes. Starting to sound like the old days again. Mm. So, um, have you heard anything unusual? Anybody kind of missing or anything like that lately? Missing? Uh, no, but saw something curious earlier. Oh? Mm. Particularly well-dressed gentleman came in asking for Strea. Typhling man. He said that he had something that was very important. He needed to speak to her immediately. But Straya's not in right now. I think she's supposed to be a little bit later on today. She had some stuff that she herself was looking into. Did he introduce himself? He gave me a card to give to her. I could give it to you if you don't mind passing it along. Or at the very least, I could show it to you, see if you recognize it. Sure. I wouldn't mind taking a look. He makes his way over, comes back, poffers a small, very crisp card with fine filigree and lettering on it. Uh, the front of it contains what looks to be a needle and thread uh, skewered through with uh, what looks to be a needle that resembles almost a sword. Mm. You'd recognize this as the emblem for the devil's thread. Yes. On the back, it just says Hedemon Hase, which you believe to be the proprietor mm-hmm. for the devil's threads. Yeah. Oh, hmm, the tailor. Curious, but perhaps she just ordered an outfit or something. It'd be nice if she treated herself some. She doesn't think about herself enough. She does deserve it. Neither do you, boy. (laughs) He jabs you in the rib. (laughs) Oh, he's a poker. Yes. One of those those old people. (laughs) Next you know, he's going to be pinching cheeks. Or hitting you with his cane like Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> My stick. My stick. My stick. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll get around to it one of these days. But I suppose you'd finish up here probably about an hour or so before sunset, knowing that you're going to have people over soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gatris forces a fair amount of food on you to take with you, especially when you mention I'm going to have people over. And he's like, oh, we'll take as much soup as you want. And then pours a whole <laughs> giant thing of soup for you. Uh, so right, I suppose I you'll take my that halfway across. <laughs> pitcher of soup and... Uh... <laughs> yep, pitcher of soup, a couple loaves of bread. Mm-hmm. Make your way back. Chesare would probably grab some extra past- pastries from Laria before heading down, too. Ooh. It's like he's there. <laughs> <You Sure. know? laughs> they all show up. The Adria comes with a box of pastries, too, or muffins. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Nicola. We we'll eat like we most have a of it. feast yeah. of muffins and pastries and soup and Okay, bread. we'll do a sign up for who brings the snacks so we have a rotation. <laughs> we'll do a potluck. And Victoria is like feeling bad because she works at a coffee shop and didn't think to bring anything. Bring the coffee next time. You bring the coffee. <laughs> It's just a great <laughs> reminder for all gamers out there to be sure to rotate who brings the snacks. It shouldn't <laughs> oh, always yes, be the host. Totally. That's very important. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing better than bringing the drinks as well. Don't skimp on the mm, drinks. That's true. Yeah, don't skimp on the drinks. Cesare shows up with a bottle of wine. What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh, I'd class up the classy joint. up in here. <laughs> we don't even have anything to drink out of these. All of you have enough time to settle down eat real quick and all the rest of that probably discuss you know your plans on where you want to search go over some of the details uh again I'll make sure they sit on the good chairs i'll sit on my bed yeah <laughs> uh nicolo can go over everything that he knows which i've already shared that document with all of you i measure nico's windows for for refitting yeah. <laughs> subtly so he doesn't see me yeah <laughs> 
you're just about finished with uh, with your dessert muffins. Mm, dessert muffin. When probably to all of your surprise, there is a sharp knock at the door. You expected you somebody expected else? anybody else? No. Nobody visits me. Nicola shrugs and goes to answer the door. Opening the door, two figures stand outside. Hmm. One is a tiefling woman, about five and a half feet tall, give or take. Bronze skin, yellow eye, black hair pulled back in almost a business-like fashion. Two red horns just below her hairline curve upwards. And she wears clothing that seems to be, well, basically working class, despite the fact that she carries herself with an accomplished and confident air. Straya nods up towards Nicolo as you recognize her immediately. Straya? Nicolo, am I... She cocks her head curiously looking past you into the room full of people. These yeah. aren't tiflings. I mean, no, but I'm allowed to have friends who aren't. <laughs> Hello, yes. Uh, interrupting. It's all right. Um, we were just discussing some business, but um, was there something the matter? Who is? Um, if, if this is a guild negotiation or anything like that, I can. Uh, not leave you. not anything quite so serious. Nicolo technically lies, but you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the other man standing behind her is tall, maybe close to about. Actually, I don't know how tall Nicolo is. Uh, about six two. So actually a little bit taller than Nicolo at about six six. Oh wow, taller wow. than even Cesare, uh, I think. Jeez. Mm -hmm. His skin is a brilliant shade of yellow. His eyes are piercing. His hair slicked back. He wears an extraordinarily fine trimmed suit, which form fits him, and stands there with his hands easily resting behind him, in a pose that seems to be one part genteel, one part ready. The man inclines his head. I apologize for interrupting. I don't think we've had occasion to really meet, but of course I know about you. He Welcome. smiles, revealing his pointed teeth, takes a half step forward, and sharply extends one hand. Hedman Hayes, a pleasure. <laughs> Nicolo Aita, nice to meet you as well. Your reputation precedes you. He takes your hand with his other hand and then does that like two-handed shake. Mm. I hope my reputation does not proceed too much but welcome welcome to my home um was there something you two needed Strea looks inside it's about the murders we could speak to you out here if you'd prefer Victoria kind of perks up but tries not to look like she's perking up <laughs> my friends here were actually here to help me with just that not with murdering right. people <laughs> no, obviously. Oh gosh, yes. yes. We should definitely clarify that statement. <laughs> I'm the murderer. It was me all along. Hello. So if, if if it's okay with you, we can discuss it in front of them. But if you'd rather, I can just step outside. Hedeman glances over your head, looking into the room. No, I would be more than happy to discuss with whomever you deem worthy. I trust them. Can I sense motive him? Yeah, I'm this getting, is like, weird. Smarmy vibes. I figure Vittoria is like trying not to be obvious, but she is pulling out her journal to take notes. <laughs> you do that thing where you move kind of slow, just thinking they won't notice if you move slow enough. If I move slow enough, I become almost invisible. But if, you move, no. if you move slow, it's almost no, more suspicious. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that succeeded with that, you should have gotten secret check results. Adrian just kind of nods. I suppose you let the two of them in. Yeah, into my even more crowded flat now. Straya leans against the wall. Again, 
So, Adria Vittoria, you are somewhat aware of this woman, um, as I suppose Niccolo introduces Strea to everyone here. Strea Vestori is the manager of the Clovenhoof Society. Oh. Strea founded the Clovenhoof Society about 10 years ago and has looked after her fellow Tiflings, basically forming a safe house slash hostel slash community center slash shelter to help the Tiflings of the city. Cool. That's really all that you know about her is, you know, you know her by reputation. Uh, the other man, uh, the other man introduces himself as Hedeman Hayes. Only Cesare, Vittoria, and Niccolo are really familiar whatsoever. And that's just basically that Hedeman Hayes is the owner and proprietor of the Devil's Threads. Mm-hmm. You guys actually walked by there, uh, I think it's two days ago now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is the finest tailor in the entirety of Kentargo. Cesare's like, oh, I got a vest from there once. I, was gonna I don't say, know why probably. it's nothing but vests for him. Cesare <laughs> <laughs> just strikes me as a vest man, again. even though she's probably had clothes made by him. You didn't go get your own clothes. Your mom. That's, oh, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> My mom <No>. dressed me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's more it's, the if you're rich enough, you don't buy your own stuff. You send uh, somebody mean, to buy it for you. Yes. Somebody just shows up at your door with, oh, yes, this is the latest fashions. Uh, Hedeman Hayes is also a renowned philanthropist, is rather well respected due to the fact that he started his shop in the Red Roof District and refused to leave. Mm -hmm. Even when he started basically serving almost entirely to nobles, he requires that the noble servants come and then actually frequent Red Roof. Mm -hmm. And that people come from outside of Red Roof to the Red Roof District to purchase his clothing to help support the other local businesses around them. He is very much about remembering where he came from. Yeah. After the door shuts, Hedman glances about. His smile falters. There was a murder last night. Aw, oh, man. Do we know who? Her name was Para. She was a seamstress in my employ. Let's settle in and I'll go over the details. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And we'll pick it up here next time. Like, this has been going on a while. He's about to pull the rug out from under us. Oh, dang it. Man. I hate it. But I, I want to know now. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath.